for our second message this afternoon, Mr. Steve Andrews. The title of his sermon is The Invisible Things of Him. It's interesting that when we read the Bible, especially in certain passages in the Bible, we, we just know that passage had to be for today. <laughs> it had to be written for this time in our particular age. And that particular passage is in Romans. And Paul wrote this a very long time ago, but there's no way that they could have really understood the way that we understand the creation today at that time. He says in, in Romans 1 and verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. We're going to explain that here in a little bit as we look at science and the truth that they hold in unrighteousness. Men are holding the truth of the Creator God. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. The things that are made. We can understand God by the creation. Even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without an excuse. They are without an excuse. God in this world is rejected as Creator. In various ways. And we understand that. We understand the rejection that comes by science, by uh, ideology, by whatever way. They reject God as the Creator. God, because He's rejected as a Creator, is also rejected as the moral giver the giver of moral laws. When you reject the Creator, you reject His truth, you reject His moral law. In Gen they, be, they reject the Bible because if they open the first chapter of the Bible in Genesis 1 verse 1, what do they find? God is the Creator. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And they reject that. That plain word that comes from his holy Bible. God had it preserved. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now when you reject that plain statement of all of the creation, now you have to begin to reject all of the plain things that are in the, in the world that we see that is so easy to understand. You reject verse 11. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, the fruit tree yielding fruit after its kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. 
all of those seeds are just out there rejoicing because God created. They come up every, you know, every spring. You see the grass seeds. You see all of the beautiful trees that, that bud and they, they seed. They rejoice in the creation as we should rejoice in that creation that God has brought forth. And they are a witness to the Creator. In verse 20, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that has life and the fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. When you look at the vastness of the oceans and the vast <laughs> diversity of the fish and the crustaceans and all that live in the ocean. How could you understand something living down so deep that, the, that it would crush any, even, even some of the things that we create have a difficulty of getting to the bottom of some of these vast caverns in the ocean. And yet, down there is certain life. They are another witness to the Creator. God has created the vastness of the oceans, the vast diversity of the oceans, and then you see the birds. We've got a, we've got a pair of cardinals, male and female, coming to the, to the house every day. I, I really haven't been feeding them anything. I don't know what they're eating out there, but they're sure pretty. They sure are beautiful to see those. And, and I've often wondered why they, they don't go somewhere, but they, they stay around. They, they survive through the winter, and they're, they're sure beautiful. All of the trees are bare in the middle of the winter, and here this red, beautiful male cardinal and his little brown mate, just right there. God has created that vastness of the beautiful creation of those flying birds. And there's such a diversity in them. And it's so wonderful that God has created that. And to understand that, and to come to understand that, and to see people reject that. And, oh, they just evolved. In verse um, 24, let the earth bring forth a living creature after its kind. After its kind. Cattle, a creepy thing. Beast of the earth after its kind. Man has just recently just figured out how to mess with DNA and foul things up. But if he doesn't foul it up, it reproduces after its kind. It again yells and screams as a creator because they reproduce after their kind. They don't produce something really weird and awful and unfunctional like you would think that evolution would do. You know, some squirrely little thing that would come out. They reproduce after their kind. Beautiful things after their kind. In verse 26, God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And we exist 
we're born, we live, and we die. And the Bible reveals life. It's full of revelation about life, about the Creator, about His creation. It's full of His moral laws, of His moral morality for humans. It is the thing that God has left us. And Job, and I think we're, we're all familiar with the scriptures I'm going to read today, but it was interesting as I was thinking about um, this idea that the, the things are written for the, the last days so that there will be a witness in the last days. And when we look at the, the book of Job and when we see God coming down and talking to Job, in verse 38, in chapter 38, and Job and his friends, they've all been, you know, arguing various things, and you can all read all of that, but God comes down and he, he talks to Job and he says, who is this that darkens counsel by the words without knowledge? <laughs> Ooh, you know, Job, I'm, I'm sure, would have, uh, even though he had all these boils and was sitting in ashes, he probably was also doing this as God was just booming out over him. You know, gird up your loins like a man, for I will demand of you in the answer. You know, I think this, these are beautiful words, but they're also words that fit so well in our day. Because when Job, who, who probably understood an awful lot about the creation and things that, that were there, he didn't understand anywhere near what we understand today. He didn't have the, the, the understanding that science has brought to us today. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you have understanding. When we look at the earth, we look at it sitting out there. As we have, we've gone out with satellites and, and uh, various things, and we've taken pictures, and the, the astronauts have gone to the moon and taken pictures of our beautiful blue earth. We understand that the moon and the earth and the way that they function and how they are so well balanced. They are balanced for life. God created this beautiful place that we live for humans, for mankind. He says, where were you when I laid this out? We are kind of like Temporary dwellers, aren't we? we are, we're here in, in, on a temporary basis. We come and we enjoy the beauty that God has created for us. We grow old and we die. We hope for the kingdom of God. We understand that. But in reality, while we're here, we should be thankful that God has given us all the things that he's given us to appreciate his great creation. He says, Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if you have understanding. Who has laid the measure thereof, if you know? Or who has stretched the line upon it? All we do is look out there and say, Okay, it's there. And we, we make some measurements and we, we come up with some understanding of the laws that were already in, in effect. Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang to the, together and all the sons of God shouted with joy. Or who shut up the sea with the doors when it broke forth as it 
was issued out of the womb. When I made the cloud, the garment thereof, and the thick darkness of swaddling band for it, and broke up uh, for it my decreed place and set bars and doors, and said, Thus far shall you come, but no further, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. We understand about gravity. We understand about the moon's forces and, and the sun and all of that goes together to make this earth habitable for mankind. And God is telling Job, these are the things that I created. These are the things that I created. And I put this all together for you, for mankind. And, let's see, which one? Number 11. He said, thus far shall you come, and no further shall you go. Proud waves are stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days, and caused the day spring to know its place, that it might take hold of the ends of the earth, that the wicked might be shaken out of it? It is turned as clay to the seal, and they stand as a garment. And from the wicked their, their light is withheld, and the high arm shall be broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea, or have you walked in the search of the depth? Only recently have we been able to make uh, vehicles that could go down into the depths of the sea to, to search out the riches and the interesting things that God has preserved under the ocean and the different and the diversity. Even at the bottom of these oceans where there's those bubbling uh, cauldrons of warm water that's coming out, there is life down there. There is creation down there. Have the gates of, the, of death been opened to you? We understand that so um, profoundly, don't we? We understand. Or have you seen the doors of the shadow of death? Have you perceived the breath of the earth? Clear if you know it all. Where is the way where light dwells? And as for darkness, where is the place thereof? That you should take it to the bound thereof, that you, <clears throat> that you should know the paths of the house thereof. Know you it because you were then born or because the number of your day is a great? <laughs> he makes a great point about how little time that we have on this earth. Very little time that we have. We can only experience a small amount. And yet God has been there from the beginning. He created it all. He's been there from the beginning. He's seen it all. And he's seen the sins of men and the rejection of his very being, of his creation, of the creator. Hey, have you entered into the treasures of the snow? Or have you seen the treasures of hail? Several... I read that one time and I thought, well, has anybody been able to capture the snowflakes? And yet, on the internet, you can go in there and there are micrographs many years ago of snowflakes. And they are all beautiful and they are all diverse and they're all different. This guy went out there with a cold plate, caught the snowflake, took pictures. Caught another snowflake, took a picture. And they're all in the internet if you want to go look. And there are probably there's more. There's probably others that have done it. But this was, a, this was a very old set of micrographs on snowflakes. And they're so beautiful until you have to drive on them. 
They're so beautiful until you have to drive on them. But they are. They, they are just so, so wonderful. Or have you seen the treasures of the hail, which I have reserved against the time of trouble, against the day of battle and war? By what way is the light parted, which scatters the east wind above the earth? Who has divided the watercourse for the overflowing of waters, or the way for the lightning of thunder, to cause it to rain on the earth where no man is, on the wilderness wherein there is no man, to satisfy the desolate and waste ground, to cause the bud of the tender herb to spring forth? Has the, has the rain a father, or, has, uh, or who has fathered the drops of dew? Out of whose womb came the ice, or the hoary frost of the heaven? Who has gendered it? Who has gendered it? I might just stop right there and we'll go on. That's a lot of information in that few verses there where God speaks to Job about the creation and about all the beautiful things that he has created and wondering why, you know, we speak the way we speak because we don't understand. And today in this modern society where we are... Um, our ideologies and our thoughts and our, the way that we teach things reject the creator and the creation that he, is, he has created. So, in this light, I have, a, I have shown some of these before. But I would like for, for um, uh, Brian to actually show this little short uh, flagella motor um, video. Uh, it's a YouTube video, and it's just uh, like a minute of each one of these little snippets. But what I, what's in this is the power of creation from the macro, okay, from the macro, which we see, all of the stars and all the things, and, and we, we observe with our eyes and our hands and our, we can taste and we can s smell all of the five senses. We, we see these things, but there's another there's a hidden world. There is a hidden world that God has created that is so intricate, so beautiful, and so interesting. And we've showed it before, but in the context of this, well, it's very short. Um, I just picked a, a couple of them. I could show more, but this is on the flagella motor, and um, it, it's not very long. Similar to man-made motors. The flagellum consists of rotor and strutter units in the cell membrane, switching unit, bushing, universal joint, helical screw propeller, and so on. It rotates at a speed of up to 20,000 rotations per minute, which is faster than the speed of Formula One race car engines. The motor is driven by protons flowing into the cell body. Its energy consumption is 10 to the minus 16th watt, and its efficiency above 80 percent. That's pretty neat. <laughs> Clutch on that motor. It says natural causes have never been observed to manufacture intricate molecular machines. 
Flagella are biological machines. Yeah, I think that was it right there. Just a really little snippet. If you want to see some more, you can go onto the internet, and there's a lot of those uh, different uh, flagella motor uh, videos, YouTubes there that are available uh, for you to see. What I wanted to, to emphasize is the power of the creation. Today, especially today, with all the scientific capabilities we have, we should be praising God. We should be honoring God. We should be giving Him all the credit for the creation. And what, what, what do we do? Oh, we give evolution the credit. We, we're trying to find some way to tell us how evolution did that. <laughs> how did evolution do that? How did it build the motor? How did it put a clutch in there? We want evolution to tell us. Please, evolution, we bow down before you. Tell us how you did it. And we reject God, the creator, who created it. You know, if we, if we study these things and we look into what they're discovering, we become more and more convinced. Greater faith, greater strength, greater understanding that God has a plan for all of mankind. You know, leaders reject God. And yet God is in control of all leaders. We don't, we don't understand that, but we, we see that in the book of Daniel, don't we? This man was the first world leader, the first uh, world conqueror, Nebuchadnezzar. Let's go to Daniel, the fourth chapter. And let's look at this power that God has over even the world leaders. And to come to understand something about... <laughs> sometimes we don't, we don't know why, where God is leading the world. Although we know where it's going to finally end up because of the sins of all of mankind. But we... We sometimes see different people come into to office. I'm going to begin in verse 17. I'm just going to read verse 17. This was a dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. And it, was, it worried him. And he wanted somebody to interpret it. And he didn't want to tell anybody what the, what the dream was. And so Daniel had to, to actually have that revealed to him. But this was part of his dream. This matter is by decree of the watchers. And if there is anything more interesting than the hidden world of the spirit world, I don't know what it is. But when you read this, what's going on? The hidden world, the decree of the watchers and by the demand of the world, of the word of the holy ones? Who are these individuals that came down and looked at Nebuchadnezzar and then revealed it to God the Father or the most holy one? He says... The holy ones, to the intent that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives to whosoever he will and sets up over it the basest of men. God has the power over the nations and sometimes he allows things to go on probably wishing that men would repent. In verse 29, at the end of 12 months, he walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon so here he had this revealed to him. This dream was revealed. The power was revealed. He had the understanding. And he was walking around and he was saying, Oh, how great I am. How great I am. 
The king spoke and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built from the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from the heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from you, and they shall drive you from men, and your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. They shall make you to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over you until you know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives to whomsoever he will. Not only is he the power of the creation, but he's also the power, and sometimes we don't understand you know, certain things that are going on in the world, but God has never turned his back on mankind. He always is watchful, just like it shows here. He's always watchful what's going on in this world. Most high rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he will. That same hour was this thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men. He did eat grass as an oxen, and his, and his body was wet with the dew of the heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagles' feathers, and his nails the, like the bird's claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that lives forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom from generation to generation. And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he does according to his will, in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? There is so much power. He has so much power. He can do anything. We know that he has power over the... Let's look at what David said about creation and about him, uh, the creator. Let's look at Psalm 139. Because David had a great heart and a great understanding. And especially about his own sin, his own shortcomings, and where God was in his life. Oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. I hope we all say that. that God has searched us and knows us, knows who we are. You know my down-sitting and my uprising. You understand my thought far off. You compass my path and my lying down and unacquainted with my ways. For there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know it all together. You beset me, uh, me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. If we're his children, as we heard in the first message, should our words not reflect our Creator, our Fathers, our Savior's character. Because what you say and how you say it and how you say things to people reflect that character. And David understood that. For there's not a word in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, you know all together. You have beset me round about and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend into the heavens, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the, the morning and dwell in the othermost parts of the sea, 
Even there shall your hand lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and even the night shall be the light about me, yea, the darkness hides not from you. But the night shines as the day, and the darkness as the light are both alike to you. Now we, <laughs> we created this Superman that can see through things and see things and all of that. But God is the one that created sight. He's the one that created the, 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 um, the spectrum of light, the light spectrum. If he created the light spectrum, do you not think that he could not see all of the spectrum, every one of those things that we have discovered, the x-ray, the, um, the infrared, and every other part of the spectrum that he has that capability. If he created it, he must know it. He must understand it. There's nothing that he can't see through. He can see through the dark. He can see through things. He can see probably through buildings and through steel and through... Uh, there's nothing that he cannot see. He says, for you have possessed my reins, you have covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows right well. If David could say these things then, how much more today when we understand so much more about the function of the human body, of the, the, the power of sight and, and, you know, sound and taste and all of those different things. How much more should we appreciate our creator and the creation that he has put forth that we might enjoy and be a part of it? And praise God for that creation, for the, for the beauty of the things that he has, he has given. I mean, we could be walking around in black and white like what I saw when I was, uh, uh, you know, a little kid. Uh, that's all they had was black and white TV. You know, some of these uh, old programs that are only in black and white, they're kind of interesting. But isn't it, more, isn't it a lot more uh, interesting to watch them and sometimes watch things in color than in black and white? So that's what God has given. He's given us color. He's given us the ability to taste, the ability to, to, to uh, hear sometimes, uh, those of us that can hear. And um, it's just wonderful uh, what God has given and done for his children. Um, let's see if I can pick it up, or was I 14? Let's go to 15. My substance was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of earth. Your eyes, and, and that's another thing, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> if you've ever looked at how we start, <laughs> how we start, as, man, it is so amazing that we the cells part and change and we all of a sudden we're our heart starts beating you can see the head and the and all of those different parts of a, of a baby that's being uh, changed inside of the mother's womb and God created that your eyes did see my substance yet being imperfect and your and in your book, all my members were written, which in, uh, in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. 
How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, and they are more in number than the sand, when I awake, I am still with you. Surely you will slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, you bloody men, for they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Those that hate God, hate the Bible, hate this way, hate the fact that you can prove that there is a creator, they don't know any other way to do it except to, to malign and ridicule someone that believes that God created all things. He says, Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate you? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there are any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. We have David's words that seem to fit so well sometimes so well within this framework of the days that we live in. Back in Romans, the first chapter, as we look at Paul's interesting words that fit so well in this time that we live in, they are so profound Verse 17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as is written, The just shall live by faith. Faith is not something that's, that's, um, uh, that doesn't have any evidence. We're, our faith is, is strengthened because we understand the creation. We understand that we're created beings. We understand that there's a powerful God that created things. We see his creation by that we understand we are we are strengthened in our faith for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness they grab a hold of the truth and then they around it they build this the scenario of evolution and I one time I thought there was no way in the world that they could, could build a, a scenario of, uh, about the diversity of seeds and, and make it sound like an evolutionary process. But sure enough, <laughs> they, they do it. They do it. They, you can go in there and you can look at the, there's There's uh, some sites on the net that are so filled with all the marvel of the seeds with this, oh boy, but they, you know, we've got this tree where they evolved from and they've, they didn't. How they ever come up with it, I have no idea. But understanding that they hold truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest to them, for God has showed it to them. It's like uh, it just explodes in front of them and that they, they, they deny it. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without an excuse. They have no excuse, and yet they want to build. They don't want to believe. They don't want to have anything to do. There's a few that stand up and say that there is a designer, there is a creator, there's somebody out there that has put this together, and when they do, they take their 
their whole life in their hands, especially if they're in the uh, 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 academic fields. They take their whole life in their hands. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. It's interesting that, um, and some, some so-called Christians also believe in evolution, and I don't know how they can ever do it. I don't understand. They profess themselves to be wise, and they become fools. Professing themselves to be wise, they become fools. Changing the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore, God has also gave them up to, to uncleanness, to sinfulness. To, the world is becoming more and more this way. To sinfulness, to uncleanness, through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creation more than the creator who, <clears throat> who is blessed forever. Amen. For this, God, this cause, for that reason, for rejecting God as their creator. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about because the Sabbath is part of that creation. And certain ones reject the Sabbath. Do they also, in that way, not understand completely the, the creator? Just a thought. I was just musing over that because the Sabbath is, was part of the creation. It was something that was given to man and part of the creation. It says, Who changed the truth of God into a lie, worshiped and served the cre creation more than the Creator, who is blessed forever? Amen. For this cause gave them up to vile affections. And these are horrible things that, that men do, and women to change the natural use of the, that which is in nature, and likewise the man leaving the natural use, the women burn lust one towards another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving to themselves the recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them up to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient being filled with all unrighteousness, and we see it, the more they reject this word, the more they reject God as a creator, the more we're seeing these things becoming a part of our society. Un <clears throat> unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, spiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Man, if you're not careful and you start watching certain things on TV, you realize that man has the invention of very evil, evil things. <laughs> Disobedient to parents, without, understand, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, women that that want to abort their babies or throw their newborn babies in the trash. Who would have thought it? This is a terrible society when people do that. They don't understand that that is a gift from God, a blessing for their life. Without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do they the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. The day will come, brethren, 
when their heavens will open up and the power of God will reach over this world. Because man will come to a point in which the demons and the whole world will become just filled with evil. And God will have to intervene. In, in Revelation, the 14th chapter, I'm just reading a few verses here, because it's, the day is going to come when God is going to have to intervene, and, and it's going to be a time in which the whole world is about ready to collapse. The third angel, in, in, um, and I'm really I'm breaking into the middle of everything, so uh, um, this is uh, just something that I wanted to bring here at the end. The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image, receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. In Revelation, the 15th chapter, verses 7 and 8, just two verses here. And one of the four beasts gave to the seven angels seven golden vials full of the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. And the temple was filled with the smoke and glory of God and from his power. And no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the, uh, of the seven angels were fulfilled. In verse 16 and verse, uh, chapter 16 and verse 1, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways, pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell noisome and grievous sores upon men. And you, you can read the rest of that. And then the last vial, or last part here, it says, and, you know, it goes on and, and talks about uh, Babylon and all of that. But men are going to, they're going to know that there is a creator God. There's going to be a time coming when God will have to intervene because man will be getting close to, to destroying himself right off the face of the earth. And it's because they've rejected God as their creator, and they have rejected his moral laws, and they've rejected him. As I wrote it here at the bottom, it starts with rejecting God as their creator. And it proceeds to rejecting God's moral gifts to all of mankind. That is what leads and proceeds to the time when God's going to have to intervene because man is going to destroy himself off the face of the earth.